This is the best podcast. BEST stands for Business, Entrepreneurship, Startups, and Technology. I'm your host, Adam Sokolich, and each week we talk live on social media platforms like Twitter Spaces so that you can stay up to date with the latest news and stories, learn the greatest tools and tactics, and gain some of the best opportunities to connect with new people. Special guests include top founders, CEOs, and experts. Plus, the audience is always full of fascinating people. Even Elon Musk recently tuned in. All of our conversations are educating, entertaining, and engaging with the mission to help you succeed. So follow us on all your favorite social media platforms, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, and of course, tune in live to the best podcast. Let's talk soon. Kevin, how are you? I'm good. Can everybody hear me? Yes, we can hear you perfectly clear. And it's so good to see you. Uh, I know we've been talking for quite a while and we'll give it a minute for the room to populate. But at the same time, we can just kind of chime in and then, you know, chit chat for a minute as well before, uh, you know, we kind of get started with the conversation. So, you know, Kevin, a small side note. I know last night when we saw some DMs or, or posts going around, you're an ultra marathoner as well. Is that right? Uh, I am, yeah, and actually, so is my wife. So we are a crazy family. <laughs> well, crazy. I mean, I was inspired after reading Rich Roll's uh, Finding Ultra years ago, and I absolutely love it. So while I would love for us to dive into the ultra marathoning side of things, um, we'll have to save that for another time. But it's just great to get to know people beyond, you know, just the work that we're doing and, and the missions that we're trying to achieve in our in our professional life as well. So it's just great. You know, if I can ask one thing, what do you enjoy most about ultra marathoning before we dive into satellites and the future of planet and all that other stuff? Uh, you know, we all live really busy lives. Like we have, uh, we have a seven-year-old, we have five-year-old twins at home. Um, my wife runs a venture firm called Scribble Ventures. It's like life is busy, right? And when you go to run an ultra, you know, you have 50 miles, a hundred miles ahead of you. All of a sudden for that day, your only responsibility is to run, to manage your calorie intake, you know, make sure you're drinking in the right amounts. Like, all the other stuff goes away and you have a day to just focus on running. And that I love that feeling. It's so head clearing. Uh, and then, you know, after you're done, it feels great too. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Well, I could, we could talk about that all day long, Kevin, and I'm sure uh, folks will be interested, but folks are also very interested to talk about all things planet. Uh, the room's starting to populate more and I already see familiar faces from Harry to Sean and it looks like Elizabeth is here as well. Um, so I'm sure the room will continue to populate as we go and go and go. But if you're cool, let's just jump into it right away. How's that sound? Yeah, sounds good. Good, good, good. All right, folks. Well, my name is Adam Soklich, also known as the best of live audio, and I am so excited to be here today. This is something that's been on my mind for months. Kevin, you and I have been messaging, uh, and of course, you're running all the great things going on at Planet. You're the president of product and business. And while it is a public company, that's what's taken us so long to kind of get together is, uh, you know, finding the time in your busy schedule to talk about all the great things that you're doing at Planet. And, and wow, I have not prepared for a conversation more than I have with this one, Kevin, because there's so many things that we can talk about uh, within the company, uh, the, the products that you're developing, the services that you're developing, but most importantly, it's the importance and the impact that it's providing back 
to the globe and to the people and to humanity as well. Um, so I can do a quick introduction for you with your work at Twitter and your work at Instagram, uh, as well as many, many more great things. But why don't you do that uh, for yourself and give us a quick introduction of the work that you've done and the work that you're starting to do with Planet. Yeah, sure. So I guess if you go back far enough, uh, I was a physics grad student. I thought I was going to be a theoretical physicist for the rest of my life. Um, and then met my uh, now wife, Elizabeth, who's here in the chat room, no pressure, uh, and uh, who kind of introduced me to uh, the fact that I was, you know, I was sitting at Stanford and there were thousands of amazing startups within 10 miles of me. Uh, and I just went, wow, you know, I could work on physics for the rest of my life and maybe make a contribution or you can go and like write some code and ship it to a million people tomorrow. I want to do that. Uh, so I jumped out and started working at some startups, uh, actually through Elizabeth, uh, joined, uh, got introduced to some folks at Twitter, joined Twitter in 2009 when it was about 40 people, uh, originally as like a data scientist engineer at, through the randomness of a growing company. And, uh, honestly, a lot of, uh, amazing mentors and, and folks who took bets on me that they really had no business taking, uh, ended up running product at, uh, at Twitter, was there for about seven years uh, through it going public and all that. Uh, moved to Instagram to run product, which was an amazing uh, experience. Uh, I still think Kevin Systrom is the single best consumer product thinker anywhere, and I learned so much from him and from Mike. Uh, and then uh, got the opportunity to go co-found or co-create uh, Libra, the crypto project within Facebook, which was a fantastic set of experiences as well really big mission you know the idea was to try and make it as easy fast and uh and and cheap to send money anywhere in the world as it is to send a text message uh and that's a that's a really big mission that would have helped a lot of people uh unfortunately we weren't allowed to ship it uh, but then in, in the process of that i got introduced to will at uh here at planet who's one of our co-founders and just absolutely fell in love and i won't go too much into it because i know we're going to talk more about planet but it, it it combines three of the things that uh are kind of that kind of matter most to me in the world it's planet is this amazing combination of um space and physics it's it's satellites and sustainability it's peace and security and geopolitics our data contributes to all of that um and so it's just it's been an incredible learning experience uh and and I'll stop there so we can dig deeper into it. Yeah. And I'm glad that you did because, I mean, you highlighted Kevin, any one of those topics is huge, right? On the planet side, we could talk about satellites all day. We could talk about data all day, right? But at the same time, the importance of uh, geopolitics, we could talk about that all day. And uh, sustainability as well. Any one of those would be at least an hour-long conversation. So the fact that not only we're going to try to wrap it into this one uh, show right now, maybe we'll have to do more, but it's really, truly impressive. And so, Kevin, we're both fathers. I have a six-year-old daughter who loves learning about science and about space, and she asks great questions. Sometimes I feel like a proud dad and I can answer them. And sometimes I feel stumped by a six-year-old. So I use, <laughs> I use that as an example. Kevin, uh, we're both dads. Kids ask great questions. How would you explain Planet to a five and a six-year-old? So the idea behind Planet got its start when our founders were working at NASA. So Will and Robbie uh, working at NASA. And they decided they were going to turn an Android phone into a satellite. 
everybody at the time was building these giant school bus sized satellites that cost $800 million and took multiple years to build. And Will said, wait a minute, I've done the calculations. I'm just going to strap a solar panel to this thing. The camera can take images. The radio is strong enough to send them back home. Why can't we just throw this thing into space? And if that works, and it did, why can't we have small, lightweight, cost-efficient satellites that use commercial components, that keep up with Moore's Law, et cetera? And if we can do that, these satellites are super, uh, they're much cheaper. And so we can build large constellations and like, what could happen if we did that? So that was kind of the founding idea. So today, we build and operate the largest fleet of Earth imaging satellites in the world. Over 200 of, of planet satellites are zooming around the Earth right now at about 17,000 miles per hour. So think about the Earth spinning west to east as these satellites orbit mostly north-south. So they collectively line scan the entire planet every single day. So think of a square 10 feet on a side. That turns into one pixel. And we have that over every inch of the Earth's landmass every day, going back 1,800 days. Now, I'm a lot smaller than a 10-foot square, right? So we can't identify people. We can't read your newspaper. But we can see global change, whether it's urban development, agriculture, deforestation. So what we have is an image of the whole Earth every single day. And it's a new capability for humanity. And then maybe the last thing I'll say, and this might be too much for the five-year-old, but for the rest of you, the business is actually not in satellites. The business is a data and software recurring revenue, one-to-many SaaS subscription business. So we're this really interesting mix of like our satellites are the sort of the first piece of our differentiation and they do something that nobody else can do. And then we operate what looks like a slightly more traditional, you know, recurring revenue software business on top of it. Well, we're going to dive into all of that. And it's so exciting to hear. Thank you for sharing that. So now I can go tell my six-year-old daughter this evening all the great things that we're learning about in a simple way that you described. So it, you joined, you gave a backstory of what Will came up with uh, and the team. And you joined after working at Twitter and Instagram and so many great more places. What inspired you to join Planet you know, over a year ago? And at this point, what's been one of your best moments in that first year? What's one of the best accomplishments that you've seen in that first year being there? So one of the one of the driving forces for me is in has been throughout my career is learning. You know, I love learning. I love the idea of sort of half knowing what I'm doing and half having no idea what I'm doing. Um, that was true every second of every day when I was at Twitter and learning and growing, and uh, I've tried to continue that. Um, another for me is mission. Like when I'm 80 years old and retired, I want to be proud of the the businesses and the products that I contributed to. And the last for me is the people. Like we all become like the people that we spend time around. So I want to spend my time with smart, interesting, humble, ambitious people that make me, you know, people that I want to be more like. Um, and so when I got introduced to Will, uh, like I was saying, it, it, it kind of realized Planet sat right in the middle of all these things that just fascinate me and that I think are important. It's it's physics and space. Like I, I, I had started watching every SpaceX launch with my seven-year-old, you know, and Sometimes you realize the things you do in your spare time, maybe those are the things you should actually be doing for your job. Um, it's defense and geopolitics, um, international strategy, it's sustainability and climate change. 
Uh, I've been fortunate to serve on the board of the Nature Conservancy for a while, and um, the, the only way that we can mitigate and reverse climate change is to get ground truth about how the world is changing every day. So you just like you combine all these together, and it's literally the most interesting company that I have ever. Uh, been fortunate to work for in my life. Literally the most interesting. And again, folks, I've spent so much time preparing for this conversation. I, I was overwhelmed when you start talking about like climate change. I could spend hours just, you know, learning about climate change, but there's so much more impact there. It's incredible. And folks, we'll be diving into all of these different aspects of it, from the industries to the innovation uh, and much, much more. Uh, we'll even be able to touch on things like SpaceX and some other really great things. So I hope that you bear with us. This is going to be a fantastic conversation. So, Kevin, you know, you've been there for a year. You are learning probably incredible amounts of stuff. Give us one of the best moments you've had in this first year before we start diving in deeper into the industries and the innovation, stuff like that. Oh, man, one of the best moments. Gosh, uh, there's so many. Um, you know, uh, we may talk about this later, but um, what's happening in in Ukraine right now is obviously terrible. It's just, it's absolutely heartbreaking. Uh, but it's, from thousands of miles away, it's, it's, humbling to get to work at a place where you feel like you can actually contribute to, um, to helping the people on the ground there. Um, and the, the way that we've contributed and, and helped in Ukraine is kind of a microcosm of how the whole business works in the sense of, and the whole sort of the mission, because, um, you can, you can imagine that we're helping, um, you know, the Ukraine, um, MOD and the, the, the Ministry of Defense, the, the folks that are actually on the ground trying to uh, fight for their sovereignty. And uh, we work closely with the U.S. government and a number of allied governments. But it's not just that. We are also working with a number of NGOs and multilateral organizations to help them uh, track and support displaced persons, to help them uh, with the refugee crisis that's coming out of this. We're also working with um, a, a number of large NGOs to monitor uh, what's going on with agriculture in Ukraine because they're a huge provider of, of wheat and other crops to many countries in the region. And the fact that that's going to be disrupted this year will actually lead to food crises. And so and our data can help with that. And then we're also working with, uh, with press, with journalists around the world to help shed light on what's happening, to help bring transparency to the situation. And just, you know, to work at a company that can contribute in these ways to, uh, to helping such a terrible situation, you know, it, it's, um, we always wish we could do more, but it's, it's good to be able to contribute. It's very meaningful. Absolutely. And I mean, everything that you're talking about is obviously very serious. It's very important and it's at a huge scale. So if we take a step back for a moment for folks in the audience and give people more perspective on this, and when we talk about, you know, the economies that here that are impacted by it and the transformation going from, you know, to a digital economy and a sustainable economy, these are huge trillion dollar opportunities and organizations are, are especially trying to measure their imprint on the world. So we're hearing more about how planet can help, but in your opinion, like what what's the current status of our planet? What's the current health? Because as, as you think about geopolitics, as you, as you think about agriculture, sustainability, it's hard to put a number on it, right? But I'm sure you know more about that measurement aspect than most people. So what's the current status of where we are? 
Well, I think you hit it on the head. The, the first thing you want, there's a lot going on, and it, it's clearly a critical time. And the, the first thing that you need in any situation like this is data. You have to get ground truth data so that you can start to understand what the situation actually is. And as you work to ameliorate it in, in any dimension, you can actually track whether you're being successful. You can learn and you can iterate. Um, and so, I mean, it, it, like it's very clear we have to act. The good news is there's growing demand for data that scores, assesses, provides transparency around climate, um, whether it's nations thinking about what climate change and sustainability mean for their own country or whether it's the public markets thinking about ESG risk. You know, we announced a deal not too long ago uh, with Moody's who is uh, working to use our data to, to do exactly these kinds of things. So it's exciting to see the private sector uh, start to, to realize how important this is. But it goes beyond that. You know, just to give you a few more examples, like we see planet imagery informing real-time assessment of site conditions after extreme weather events. You see planet imagery helping provide uh, ground truth assessment of economic developments in various regions. You see it uh, verifying what types of facilities exist for certain companies in different locations, looking at sustainable supply chains. So like the world is shifting. It, it, we, we certainly need a very broad coalition. It can't just be planet, but I do think planet data is, is part of the ground truth that we need to move forward. And that planet data, I love the way that you phrased it, is either in another talk or maybe it's on your websites. Uh, it's by gathering space data, right? Like, or gathering rather from space. It's Earth data from space, which is truly unique. And as I was doing research and preparing, I heard as many of your talks as I could. One thing stood out to me, uh, or especially stood out to me, and you said it's awesome to have, quote unquote, a frontier, right? And that space will become more part of our lives in this decade than ever before. So as we talk about that, I want to hear more about that excitement and that word about a frontier, because that really is inspiring. What are some of the opportunities? What are some of the industries that excite you the most? Because there's just so many out there. But personally, what, which ones excite you? Um, and then we'll talk more about like, how do you prioritize where to focus your time and attention as well? But uh, which one excites you as you think about this frontier of utilizing space? Yeah, you know, I'm trying to think of the book that that um, that that talked about this notion of of the importance of having a frontier for for humans in general. Uh, I'm blanking on it right now, but um, but the idea was basically that frontiers, whether you're talking about Americans expanding west or whether it's space or anything, it allows you to take a fresh start. It allows you to get away from uh, well, the pie exists and we're going to fight over it, so everything is zero sum. To this sort of a positive sum world where there's uh, you, you can reimagine things, you can do things in different ways because you're off in some new location and you just have to figure it out for yourself. And so it, it, it allows a bunch of innovation that it maybe is harder when you're not, uh, when you don't have this frontier. Um, anyways, I've just, I've liked that metaphor. Um, and when you think about planet, I mean, the interesting thing is our data is relevant to just about every industry on earth. You know, we do a lot today with agriculture, with civil government, which is everything from NASA to FEMA to working with individual states and counties on things like tracking permitting, right? And of course, they're, they're analogs around the world. And it's, it's defense and intelligence, it's forestry, it's sustainability, and it's also these sort of budding new industries like insurance and energy and finance. One of the things that I'm most excited about, though, like thinking about frontiers 
is I think there's a renaissance happening right now in startups that are focused on sustainability and climate. Right? And ultimately, Planet is a very ecosystem-focused company. This is a new capability for humanity, and we are not going to be the ones that do every that build every possible solution. We want there to be a huge ecosystem of partners doing amazing things with our data. And right now, you're seeing like grad students and researchers publishing more than a paper every single day based on Planet data. And you're seeing commercial entities push the state of the art forward. I'm just I'm really excited to see how this next generation of partners. Are going to use our data to drive change. Yes, yes, yes. And actually, that's a question I was going to say for just a little bit, but now we're on the topic and this is a live conversation. So we're going to bounce around a little bit. But that was one of my questions. And so for folks in the audience, just a quick refresher if you've joined the room. Uh, we are talking with Kevin, the president of Planet. Uh, and this is a great conversation diving into, yes, the business itself and how it's helping change the world. But we're going to be diving into the importance and the impact that it's making on our world as well. So you started talking a little bit about our partners, right? Uh, Let's talk more about who some of them are, but at the same time, I can only imagine doing more col you know, collaborations. It seems like the value of data is just going up and up and up as you move up the stack. How can Planet partner with these other providers? Are, you know, tell us a bit about the future. Are there going to be apps and services that can be built upon this data? I mean, my mind just keeps uh, you know, imagining great new things. Yeah, and that's you know, the exciting thing is it's not like, it's not like there was ever – uh, an image of the entire world every day before planet. And so uh, we're, we're helping create this, uh, this industry basically together with our partners. Um, and, and so, you know, it's everything from our data helps Google keep their maps up to date and, and keep their maps fresh through to, we talked about agriculture and helping, you know, farmers move from a world where they used to walk the fields in order to understand whether something was uh, was going wrong, whether there were growing problems or watering issues, to a world where now we can do that with satellites from 500 kilometers above the Earth. But you can do it not just at a, at a single field level. You can do it for thousands of fields simultaneously, especially as you apply things like machine learning and AI. And you can replicate that across all the different industries I was just talking about. So there's just there's an incredible amount to create it's it's basically this new data set that has never existed and now it does and we're seeing all the different use cases that uh that where it, where it can be valuable to, to to government to industry to businesses all over the world so it, it feels to me like we haven't even discovered you know uh, a, a fraction of the things of the areas where it's going to be valuable in the future Absolutely. Uh, literally a fraction because my mind can only uh, imagine how many options there are out there, especially if you can build upon it, right? So I know you're talking about partners. They're probably working with you directly. In the future, hypothetically, I'm just, I've studied marketplaces before, whether you talk about Apple Marketplace, Google Ma uh, Marketplace, heck, Salesforce have one. A lot of marketplaces are out there and it really can add tremendous uh, value, exponential value to the platform just being built upon the blocks that you've built. Is that something that you could foresee in, in the future? Is that something that's maybe already on the roadmap or can you just touch on uh, what kind of impact that could be if people are able to partner with you and, and add more value on top of it? Yeah, so the way we think about it is uh, it, there. So today, a lot of what we are, or, or maybe where we started, was in providing imagery directly to partners, uh, to partners, to customers, uh, and so 
they come in knowing an area that they're interested in and uh, and we can provide imagery. What they're actually doing, though, is then they're they're providing different they're doing different transformations of that data. I mean, sometimes they might look at it with their with just their eyeballs, a human staring at imagery. But a lot of times they're doing transformations on it, applying machine learning and, and generally looking to extract intelligence and signals uh, from the data. And if we look across our partners, a lot of them are, are kind of doing the same operations over and over again. And so for us, there's this opportunity to kind of move up the stack from uh, just providing imagery to beginning to provide more intelligence and, and sort of building blocks that, that help make it even easier to get value out of this data. Um, because when you work with pixels, like, I mean, it, it takes a fair amount of, of geospatial awareness, intelligence, training. But if instead of working with pixels, you, we, we had worked and our partners had worked to extract a bunch of the intelligence and instead you were working with something that like fit into a spreadsheet or looked like a time series, suddenly way more businesses know how to work with something that looks like a spreadsheet or a time series, right? And so we look at our job as helping create these building blocks that make it easier and easier to get value out of the data. And that doesn't mean that we're going to go build every solution for everyone. Like I've been saying that our partners are such a key part of, of building out this ecosystem. But if we can build building blocks that make it easy for our partners to get value faster too, we can accelerate the entire ecosystem. We can make it easier to, to get value out of the data. And ultimately that means we have more impact in the world. It means more businesses, more governments are able to use this image of the entire earth that we create every day and turn it into something that helps them make positive change in the world. Yes, I love this. And, you know, while we're talking about partners, I do want to bring up SpaceX, but let's put that on the back burner for just a moment because this conversation is going in a great direction where let's give the audience a quick moment uh, to take a step back and to give them a bigger picture of all the product and services that you guys provide. Because, again, I can riddle off the words of satellites and software and SaaS and data and, and more and more and more, uh, but help give people a picture of all of those things that you do. I mean, any one of them in, in themselves is very, very complex, but these systems that you're putting together uh, in such a great way, give them that. And then I have a follow-up question kind of alluding to where we were just a moment ago of, of trying to understand the, the data a little bit better. But before we do that, kind of give people that understanding, that uh, space-level view of all the great things that you're doing at Planet. Yeah, sure. It's Frankly, it's mind-blowing <laughs> when I, when I, as I've gotten to know the company more. Um, Planet's about 10 years old. And um, it, we build, we're completely vertically integrated. So we build all of our own satellites. We build our own ground stations. Um, the, the, the fact that kind of blew me away was, um, so we manufacture our satellites. I, I'm in our San Francisco office today. We're in, uh, in Soma, for those who know the city. And we build our satellites in the basement of the building that I'm in. Um, and because we build, large constellations in a world where uh, most of the other folks in the industry are building, you know, big, expensive satellites in small numbers, uh, until SpaceX started building tons and tons of Starlinks in LA, San Francisco was the satellite manufacturing capital of the world, which I just find fascinating because it's the last thing I think about when I think about San Francisco. But um, anyways, because of Planet, San Francisco was, uh, until not too long ago, the satellite manufacturing capital of the world. Um, so we build, we build our own satellites, and um, we have two 
two flavors of satellites today. We have the the ones that we've been talking about for the most part of this, which are we call them our doves, um, which are the the tiny sort of shoebox sized satellites that image the entire Earth every day. We also have a constellation of uh, slightly larger, they're kind of mini fridge sized satellites that are higher res. So they're about 50 centimeters per pixel. So higher resolution, instead of passively scanning the entire Earth every day, they, um, they, you, you sort of come to an interface and tell them, I want an image of this particular area at about this particular time, and they go and grab that for you. Um, we are in the process of building a significantly higher resolution, higher capability um, set of satellites that will be more like uh, 30 centimeters of, uh, per pixel. Uh, which we've announced. And then we're also in the process of uh, building a hyperspectral satellite uh, constellation where we'll be able to measure things like carbon and methane emissions all over the world. So there's a ton going on on that front. And then, of course, we're building ground stations for all of these so that we can downlink the data. And then you get into the software side of the business. Um, The first thing you do once you get data off of the, the ground stations is uh, that there's a big imaging pipeline that's stitching all the data together, rectifying it, you know, tying it to different points on the ground. Where exactly is this image in the world? How do you stitch it with adjacent images and make sure everything lines up? And then um, you're making atmospheric corrections. There's actually just a ton of science that goes into it. Um, And then we offer a variety of different products. So you have the image, uh, you know, the, the, the image of the whole earth every day. And we have a lot of customers that basically say, you know, maybe I'm, um, I'm a, a, an agricultural business. I know where my fields are. So I'm going to give you sort of the outline of all of my fields. And I want that imagery on a daily basis every single day. Uh, we also offer base maps where instead of getting daily imagery, we basically stitch together, whether it's weekly, monthly, quarterly, uh, the best imagery uh, from whatever particular region you care about and and provide you a base map. And then you can kind of go on from there. We have different products where we're fusing together different data sources to bring in uh, kind of the, the, the best of other characteristics from other satellites and produce a simple fused data source that people use for different applications. Uh, we offer a variety of, of like machine learning and analytics products. So if you want automatic notifications when there's like new roads being built or new buildings or, you know, ship detection across open water, things like that, we have ML products that do that. And then we acquired a company called Vandersat uh, not too long ago based in uh, in Harlem in the Netherlands that, uh, that produces... A, you know, I was talking about these building blocks uh, to make the data easier to analyze. They produce what we call planetary variables. So they'll turn satellite data, they'll combine it with microwave data coming off of different satellites, and they'll produce things like uh, a, a measure of soil moisture in the ground or surface temperature on the ground or carbon biomass in the ground. Um, and these are kind of variables like if you take soil moisture uh, which is the amount of water that's that's sort of in the top layer of soil, you can use that to go and build, for example, drought insurance products if you are a, a big reinsurer. And so um, you can start to see how these building blocks help you create higher level things. So then, you know, on top of all that, we offer APIs and uh, our, our product Planet Explorer, which is uh, almost a sort of a Google Maps-like uh, viewer for all the data. So there's just 
I mean, you can see the surface area is just massive. It's really impressive what uh, what Planet has created over the years. Yes. And, and, you know, for folks, if you haven't checked it out, check out Planet because, you know, the fact that you can get daily imagery of the entire planet is incredible. And I can only imagine, like, if you could stitch them all together and see the world in, almost in real time on a day-to-day basis, that would just be fascinating to see, uh, you know, not slow motion, but a long video of just the Earth over a long period of time. And you guys have been gathering data for for years and years, which makes it really, really unique. I'd be curious, before I touch on SpaceX, which I'm eager to ask about, I'm also eager just to ask about the data that you're seeing, because I can only imagine the consumers of the data, the scientists, are, are likely learning so many new ways of analyzing it. So how has that sophistication of your customers evolved at, with all of these years of data? Well, you, it, it, there's, it's a, you kind of, you kind of have everything across the board. You have, um, we, we've had a big education and research program for many years now where we, we give data for, for free or for very low cost to research institutions, you know, colleges all over the world. And, uh, in many ways they are, their, their research is proving all of the value that you can get out of the data. They're kind of the tip of the sphere in showing that you can do, you know, all kinds of new use cases. Uh, and, and we're seeing now more than a paper a day coming out referencing planet data, which is just super exciting. Um, but you've got them and, and a lot of our customers, um, whether they're government customers, agriculture customers, and so on, are just extremely sophisticated. But I actually think if we do our jobs, of course, we want, we want extremely sophisticated customers and we will always want to serve them and they will always challenge us and make us better. But if we're doing our jobs, I think we need to make it easier for less sophisticated customers to come in and get value from this data. And that's the whole sort of building up the, the stack, building these building blocks that make it easier to get value from the data. I would love for it to be possible for uh, less sophisticated customers to come in and, you know, using a spreadsheet, analyzing a time series, be able to get value out of our data. So that's the path that we're on. Ooh, I like this. I like this. All right, folks, let's dive into the SpaceX side of things, right? Because if we take a step back for a moment, you guys are not necessarily a satellite company. You're a software company. You're a SaaS company. But you can't do that without the great satellites that go into space. And you're not sending up one from NASA that's a billion dollars and probably the size of a spaceship in itself. You're sending up much smaller satellites. And and I did not know how you got them up there until I learned about the relationship that you guys have with SpaceX. So help the folks in the audience understand more about the logistics of this, right? Most people just see the rockets go into space, but they don't know the signs of coordinating the rest of it. How does this work? And, and what's it like working with SpaceX? Well, you can you can definitely find far more knowledgeable people than me at this company to talk about this. So I'll, I'll keep it high level. But um, one of the nice things about building small satellites, those small, light, uh, you know, cost-efficient satellites, is that we can launch on a variety of different rockets. And we have, I, you know, I, I'm going to get this number wrong, um, but we've launched on, I don't know, 10 or 20 different kinds of rockets over the years. Um, and that's a big strength of ours, right? Because kind of whoever, whoever happens to be going to space and offering a good ride to the right, the right kind of orbits, uh, we're able to work with. 
Um, now that said, we have uh, we have a great deal with SpaceX. They're a wonderful partner. Um, they're you know as I think is commonly known, uh, they're generally the most cost efficient way to get to space, especially if you're going to the the kind of orbits where they're sending Starlinks to. Um, and uh, and so you know we love working with SpaceX, uh, but we are not. We can work with just about anybody, and that is the strength of uh, of Planet. So when I think of SpaceX, I mean, obviously they have this ability to send up rockets, get them back. I mean, the cost must just drop. Give a real quick understanding for the folks in the audience. What's the cost of working, you know, or sending something, excuse me, sending something up for NASA versus what you're able to do and also sending that up with SpaceX? Well, you're paying per kilogram. So, um, so I I don't think that our uh, cost numbers are public, so I won't go into those here, but you're paying per kilogram. So uh, if your satellite's five kilograms, you're going to pay a whole lot less than uh, if your satellite is, uh, you know, a ton. And a lot of them are. So, um, so that that's one of the things. It's one of the the it's one of the reasons that we're able to have two hundred satellites in, you know, plus satellites in orbit right now. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right, folks, we've run about 30 minutes in. That covers the the company, the uh, high-level industry, right, and the innovation that we're, that's going on with Planet. We're going to dive more into the impact side of this, right? So, okay, now we have an understanding what you're building, what you guys are trying to do. Let's talk about what is actually happening out there. And we've touched on a couple topics very, very briefly, but now is that time to dive in a bit deeper. We talked about sustainability, or we will talk about sustainability, you know, things like carbon removal, even national security. Security. And maybe we start with that one, with national security, Kevin, because actually that was one of the first things I saw uh, many, many months ago. Will, the CEO, had posted something about the uh, incredible imagery you guys are getting in Ukraine, right? And obviously there's that uh, you know difficult situation going on in that part of the world as well. But it was so insightful. I can only imagine how much more data that you guys are getting, right? Or many other ways that they're able to use it. So walk us through that with everything going on in China, with Ukraine, with Russia, with Russia, what's the latest update that you guys are seeing, and and how is Planet's data really helping improve each one of those situations? Well, I think the number one thing for us is Planet creates transparency. That is always it's been one of the founding principles of the company, and it's true in every uh, in every bit of our work. So, uh, if I'll give you an example of this. Um, you know, it, about two years ago, I think, uh, there was a, um, there were some researchers who, and this is going to be sort of a national security, you know, global geopolitics kind of uh, answer here. So there were some researchers that worked for BuzzFeed, and they were poking around in Baidu maps. Baidu being like the Google of China. And as they were zooming around, they found some places where there were blank map tiles. And they were like, you know, as they zoomed in, you know, it went from like being able to see the imagery to like these tiles just went blank. And they were like, wait, what's going on? Why do you, why are these things blank? And so they went and looked at planet data. And we don't allied any data for anybody. And lo and behold, they found Uyghur camps. Um, and that's obviously a horrible thing, uh, but there was no, you just, when you have an image of the entire earth, you can't do anything macroscopic 
in the world without it being visible. And the interesting thing is, not only was it visible, not only could they identify that these were Uyghur camps, but because we have data every single day, they were able to go back day by day and look at how the camps were constructed, uh, how they brought people there. Like, you know, you could, you can learn a lot about what's going on. So there's, and that, that transparency is, is really important. You know, when you go back and look at when, uh, when tensions increased between countries, if you think about the Cold War, for example, tensions tend to increase when they don't have transparency, when all they have to do or when all they can do is is guess at what the other one's going. But when you have transparency, it actually reduces tension. It creates more security. It creates more peace. And that's kind of our theory of change uh, in the world. Ooh, wow. I mean, again, we could talk about this all day. And I just remember that moment, seeing Will's post, seeing imagery of Ukraine that I just don't see ever, right? And of course, yes, I could check out uh, Google Maps or something, and it would show me that street or something. But it's not live. It's not, or not re- it's not within that day. And, and Will and your team is showing pretty much live, real-time imagery of what's going on. It gave me a whole new uh, viewpoint on the situation going on in Ukraine. But then, of course, it gave me a whole new appreciation for the impact uh, in that moment. It just inspired me and gave me great realization of the power of this imagery that you guys are able to achieve. Now, of course, in Ukraine, but all the other, you know, the the story that you just mentioned, uh, other areas of national security. But it's also not just national security. As you highlighted earlier in the conversation, it goes, uh, you know, into the business world. It goes into the science world and the environment world as well. So let's touch on that. And, and, you know, actually, one other other example i'll give you that i think is really interesting uh along these along this dimension is if you go back um to before the invasion actually happened the 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 invasion of ukraine actually happened but when we were starting to see troops massing along the border right so everybody was uh was getting nervous at one point uh putin said okay i'm gonna i'm gonna draw my troops back and uh and then that night, there there was a uh, his some of the troops fell back, and others created a bridge uh, over this body of water, this pontoon bridge um, between the border, uh, like around the border of Russia and Belarus, heading into Ukraine. And so he 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 said he was pulling back, and some people did, and other people actually moved in, um, and. It wasn't an area that anybody knew to look, right? And so it wasn't like if you had high-res satellites, you were necessarily going to, to focus them in there. But because planet gets the whole Earth every single day, we were able to, uh, to see that and, more importantly, to show it to the world. So you, could, you, you had independent evidence that he lied, right? He said he was pulling back, and he didn't. Look at what happened. Here's an image. And it's also interesting because, uh, you know, traditionally, of course, the U.S. government has all kinds of um, of fancy satellites that do very fancy things, but they aren't. They can't talk about them. Um, actually, you know, I, I don't know if you remember there was a um, there was an Iranian. I think it was like a satellite launch that went wrong, and uh, this was a, four years ago, maybe. And Trump tweeted a photo of uh, a U.S. government satellite image. That, and he basically declassified a spy satellite kind of unintentionally by exposing its capabilities and by tweeting this image. And, and that's, you know, so it, it highlights the fact that when things happen, even if the government knows about them, they can't tell the rest of, you know, the U.S. and the world about them always because it would be betraying 
the capabilities of, of some of their technology that they want to keep quiet. With Planet, because all of our data is open and public and commercial, they can actually point at Planet Data and say, see, look, this thing happened. He lied. Here's what's actually going on. And in many cases, they've they've done a fantastic job, I think, of, of highlighting what's going to happen. You know, they, they watch for this happening and you can you can use planet data and point at it when it does. So just that capability is allowing them to shed light and create transparency into what's going on in the world um, that they might not have been able to do without commercial satellite imagery. Yep, that's exactly right. And folks, at the top of our room right here, you'll be able to see a few uh, tweets that I'm, I'm pinning up there. Uh, one, of course, is, is from Kevin. One is me promoting the room. And the third one there, if you scroll, I just added is from Will, where it talks about a New York Times article uh, with planet satellite data helping monitor the, arrive, the arrival of Russian equipment in there. That, I think, was one of them that stood out to me. And hence, I reached out to you at the time. Um, incredible, incredible insights that you were able to gather with this. And, and yes, of course, in very challenging situations as well. Um, I want to be respectful of our time, and we've covered so many different things, including what we want to get to next, because yes, there's the geo uh, geopolitical aspect of this, but we can talk about the business side of it. We can also go into the science, right, the environment, the sustainability aspect of this as well. So, you know, with everything going on in the world, of course, progress can be made at individual levels. I can make a difference. My daughter can make a difference. You can make a difference. But it seems like it needs to get at a higher level, right? Like businesses start to need to lead the charge. So do you see businesses taking that seriously? And just talk more about the sustainability work that you see uh, happening uh, with Planet Data. Yeah, it really does feel like we're like the, the People are finally realizing that this matters and that if we don't act, then uh, we're going to leave the world in a very bad place. Uh, and uh, again, the first thing you need is data. It, it helps to be able to point to data, to point to ground truth, because it data solves, like resolves arguments, you know? Um, it's one thing if we're talking about our beliefs. It's another thing if we're talking about actual data that measures what's changed. Um, and so... Uh, I, I think we have an important role to play, but again, we're not doing this ourselves. It's it's a very broad ecosystem of partners. We talked about um, Moody's, for example, and the work that they're doing uh, to help uh, monitor and understand ESG risk using planet data. Um, we talked a little bit about our upcoming uh, uh, Fidelity constellation and being able to actually measure carbon and methane. Uh, we're just, you know, that... that was it's a that's a collaboration between some philanthropic organizations like Carbon Mapper and High Tide, uh, between NASA JPL and between Planet, and so it's just uh, across the board we are seeing a huge amount of interest and activity in the space. I think you know it, it, as much as it feels like there's a lot, I think we're just getting started. I think everyone is waking up to how important this is, and we're getting better at actually articulating and and sort of quantifying it. Um, so I'm very hopeful, but we have work to do. Yes, of course. Help people – like let's give people a story here because, of course, when we talk about the the planet that we're on, right, and, of course, the environment. You mentioned carbon uh, removal. We talked about, you know, there's deforestation aspects of this. There's probably so many more aspects just in regards to sustainability itself. Can you, What's one that stands out to you? Maybe one where you see the most impact. Maybe there's one that's just a personal connection that you enjoy the most, but where you see – planet's data and planet's impact really making a difference in regards to our environment and sustainability? So one example I love, because it's also kind of unique to the way planet 
does business is uh, a, a product or a project called NICFI, um, where we've worked with uh, the Norwegian government actually to create a, a kind of a public good. So we've taken uh, our data that um, is in like trop- about trop- about forests in tropical zones, basically the entire any forest in in tropical zones anywhere in the world and we've opened this data up to the public so uh the norwegian government and planet and some others partnered to make this possible and now you have an open data set about the world with people studying everything you can imagine about forests and how they're changing on a daily basis Um, and so you know you can study deforestation for example we're seeing papers created uh, as people produce insights from having this data set that they just never had before. Uh, and so we've got, I think the, um, actually, I'll, I'll be careful because I don't know exactly what's public, but thousands of researchers using this data set on a daily basis to understand what's going on in the world. And that produces insights that we just haven't had before. Um, and, you know, that that turns it, it, it increases awareness within governments of the world around what's happening and also what can be done. It broadens awareness with, uh, with, with businesses and commercial entities around the world. And it's just like this, this kind of, you know, I keep coming back to this theme, but like data and ground truth, the better you understand it, the more you're actually able to act efficiently to make the kind of change you want to make. Yes, agreed, agreed. And we'll have to do more of these conversations because, again, we need to dive into sustainability. We need to dive in deeper into the geopolitical side of things and all the other aspects of it. But with the time that we have left, let's go a bit into the future. Okay, we've talked about the past and the data that you guys have collected. We've talked about what you're currently doing right now. Where, If we think about planet and it's focused on making this data more transparent, as you said, so it's more visible, it's more accessible, it's more actionable. So then what's the vision looking forward in the next five to 10 years? Where do you see, uh, of course, planet, the business going, but our planet uh, Earth and, and where that could be going as well? So our job is we we uh, we're sort of we're imaging the entire Earth and we're making change visible. We're making it measurable and we're putting it in everyone's hands so that they can start building applications and services and measurements and everything else to to create this change that we're talking about. So a big part of our job, you know, on the one hand, we want to keep producing data that the world has never seen before that helps uh, that 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 helps people have more ground truth and make better decisions. And we want to keep making it easier to use this data. So that's that's continuing to build these these building blocks that take you from today, you know, it starts with pixels and tomorrow it can start with a spreadsheet or a time series or something where any business in the world can get value from this data. And if you can do that, you're increasing awareness about what's going on. You're, you're suddenly everyone is thinking about this data in a way that they aren't. And if they're thinking about it and they know how to analyze it and they can get, they can sort of make sense of it, get from it, you've suddenly created uh, a whole generation of people that are able to actually make an impact uh, in, you know, mitigating climate change and increasing the sustainability that just hasn't been possible before. 
so that's we think that by by putting this data in people's hands by helping startups and and businesses all over the world we're going to create a more sustainable future and we're going to do it together Yes. So let me throw a question out there, right? So if we're talking about the future, I don't know what it is, five, 10 years, something like that down the road. Well, right now you're focused on Earth. I'd have to imagine, you know, that this could be valuable elsewhere in the universe, like Mars, right? So if we put 200s of, uh, 200 of these satellites up into space and you can do it on Earth, hypothetically, I imagine you could put it into a SpaceX rocket and maybe ship it off to Mars or something like that. If that's possible... And again, I'm just throwing out a hypothetical situation here. What other value could you get if you turn those satellites outward rather than on the Earth? Have you guys thought through that? And and if so, just I want to get more of your thinking. What what value could that create? Uh, Well, (laughs) I like that question. Uh, I guess at at some point, right, Elon's uh, going to put humans on Mars and we're going to need to do the same thing. But, you know, so... uh, one of the best parts about planet is the people here. And like, as I've, uh, I'm, I'm about a year in, it seems like everybody here has a PhD in something random and scientific and awesome, whether it's like hydrobiology or databases or quantum mechanics or whatever. I actually have a colleague. Her name is Tanya Harrison, who has a PhD in Martian geomorphology. So she knows, you know, every crater on Mars by name. Um, anyways, she would love this question. Our focus right now, though, is Spaceship Earth. Like, all 8 billion of us live here. We've got a lot of work to do to support sustainability efforts and, and help our customers uh, get value out of out of this data and actually make the kind of change that we need to make here on Earth. But, you know, in the future, who knows? Yes. <laughs> as we started, there's so much you can do here on Earth. But again, my mind just starts to think of all the other applications as well. And we're just one small speck in this giant universe. Um, and as you said, I could just kind of see this being applied to another place, like if Elon was thinking of Mars. All right, Kevin. So let's wrap it up with two more questions. And, and while we're on the topic of Elon, I got to ask, right? You used to work, <laughs> You used to work at Twitter. You're now involved in space. So what are your thoughts on Elon Musk and Twitter and just everything going on in this crazy, crazy platform right now? Yeah, well, I guess I'll say I, it's been six years um, since I've been at Twitter. So um, I, I dearly love the people there. I have many colleagues who are still there, but I, uh, I do not have any inside information on this situation. So this is all as an outsider. But I don't know. I mean, it's it's super high beta, right? I, uh, I I think to zeroth order, you should never bet against Elon because he's one of the best entrepreneurs the world has ever seen. Uh, I, I also think there's a reason that every social platform started out pounding its chest about free speech. You know, as, as Twitter, we used to say back in like the Arab Spring that we were the free speech wing of the free speech party. Um, and that was sort of enshrined in how we thought about everything. And obviously, free speech is incredibly important to Twitter. I, I know uh, I, I know the degrees to which they will go to fight for free speech. Um, but there's also a reason why every platform over time began moderating more. And it's not politics. It's absolutely not politics. It's about keeping people safe. Because unfortunately, you learn working at these platforms that people can be bad at scale. It's doxing, it's threats, it's coordinated abuse, etc. And they can do it in ways that results in people getting hurt. So uh, I think Elon will have to figure that out. 
I think he's going to realize that it's much more nuanced than he's giving it credit for, frankly. And that that nuance is really important because it's it, it's the difference between people getting hurt and people staying safe. Um, but, you know, that said, he's Elon. Uh, past performance suggests that he is, you know, pretty data-driven. He's going to figure it out. So, you know, uh, I'm, I'm hopeful also because I, I it's a platform that I care deeply about and I think it's unique and important. So one thing is for sure, we live in interesting times. <laughs> Yes. And I absolutely love these conversations. I mean, this is fantastic. Uh, Kevin, again, you and I could talk all day about any one of the subjects that we touched on. That was the goal is just to kind of give things at a high level, show more people about all the great work that you're doing. And of course, the importance and the impact uh, that it's creating here on planet as well. I can only imagine that you guys are growing rapidly fast as well. So, you know, if people are interested, they can, of course, click on your profile right now and follow you as well as they can find the at planet uh, account and they'll find more there as well. Where are you guys growing the most? I'm sure, um, I imagine you need help, right? Uh, and you're hiring great people and that can be competitive in the world right now. What are you looking to take on? Where are you growing? What do you need right now? Uh, thank you for asking that question. Cause the only way that we can do all the things that we've been talking about here is if we have the smartest people in the world helping us create it. Um, so we're basically hiring everywhere, especially software and software and sales. Uh, but we're also hiring in space systems and manufacturing, marketing, design, finance, recruiting, like you name it. Um, I'll say for people on the call, Planet's 100% remote friendly. We have been even since before COVID. And we're a global company. A big part of our team is in Europe. So we're hiring across the board in Europe. And you can see more on uh, planet.com slash jobs. And I guess I'll say again, it's just it's the most interesting, challenging, meaningful job I have ever had. Uh, I don't know another job that sits at the center of physics and space, geopolitics, national security, sustainability, climate, and fundamentally creates a new kind of ground truth for the world that's critical to so many industries. So I feel really lucky to get to work alongside my colleagues here. I learn from them every day, and I hope that uh, some of the folks listening decide to come join us. Yes, 100%. I agree with you. And this has been an amazing experience for me. Kevin, I really appreciate the opportunity to talk. and and just to dive in deeper. I mean, again, I've been, I've been having so much fun exploring and learning about every one of these topics. I'm certainly going to continue doing it. I hope we can have more conversations like this as well, Kevin. So I want to thank you. I want to thank everyone that's joined us today as well. Uh, and, and Kevin, hopefully we can do this again soon. Does that sound good with you? Yeah, this was a blast. Thank you to everybody for taking the time. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Kevin, thank you again. uh, And thank you for everyone that's joined us. I highly suggest you follow what he's doing, what planet is doing. They're making a big, important and impactful, uh, you know, mission here with Planet for Our Planet. So thank you, everyone, once again. Uh, My name is Adam Sokolich, and I will see you all again soon. Take care, everyone, and thank you again, Kevin. Thank you. Bye. This is the best podcast. BEST stands for Business, Entrepreneurship, Startups, and Technology. I'm your host, Adam Sokolich, and each week we talk live on social media platforms like Twitter Spaces so that you can stay up to date with the latest news and stories, learn the greatest tools and tactics, and gain some of the best opportunities to connect with new people. Special guests include top founders, CEOs, and experts. Plus, the audience is always full of fascinating people. Even Elon Musk recently tuned in. All of our conversations are educating, entertaining, and engaging with the mission to help you succeed. So follow us on all your favorite social media platforms, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, and of course, tune in live to the best podcast. Let's talk soon.